I grudge them, grudge them on, you know. I threw him a fight for black liberation. And him a one true warrior. Them I want to try to stop him. But them can't stop the man. Them can't stop Raheem Shabazz. That's why anytime me want to listen to revolutionary liberation vibes, me tune into Necessary Blackness podcast. Me not hear them like a Yaga Yaga podcast them. I be your Necessary Blackness me rock with. Anytime me want your true warrior talking. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docu-series. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly in revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. All right, peace and black power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today we have a special guest in the building. I have my man, Morris Lose, and a lot of y'all may know him by different names, different attributes, and the attribute best describes the characteristics of one true self. So we're going to delve into the self of Los, who's known as not only a Morris chef, but he's known as Dula Los or Dulo Los. Dulo Los, yes sir. Dulo Los. Yes sir, okay. what's up man? I had to get it right on the second time. How are you my brother? Man, life is good man. It's, it's, it's good to be black, it's good to be powerful, it's good to be amongst the people man. Absolutely. Now, I know you for several years, Um, the first, our first encounter uh, was during the social unrest that was happening around the country. Uh, we met on the front line protesting police brutality. I think we even go as far as back to um, uh, Troy Davis. Troy remember Davis. That, remember that was yes, happening. Sir. We go far back as Troy Davis, Eric Gardner. Then it was uh, uh, Daruba Ben Wahad down in Clark, uh, Clayton County. Daruba Ben Wahad, shout out to that brother, Nick Thomas. Yeah, we've been out here, bro. A lot of different situations. We went out there and we protested uh, on the behalf of our people. Now, we're doing different things. 
Now- we, still, we still got our foot on the enemy's neck, but we doing different things. Um, I started doing a documentary. You started doing a whole lot of other things. Um, recently, we reconnected again. Uh, we shared the stage at uh, Ulta mm-hmm. Candy. And you had a, a, a very magnificent uh, story to tell. And um, I was intrigued because I, I, I thought I knew you as a Morris brother. I thought I knew <laughs> you as a chef. But brother, you um, are known as a male doula, which myself and others have not, never heard of a male doula. A black one at that. Um, how did you get started in that? Um, first off, I've always been um, a healer of our people. Okay. So um, when it comes to being a doula, the word doula actually means a woman who serves. So granted, everybody can you know tell I'm not a, a woman, but if you serve the birthing partner or the, the birthing woman and you do it in a place of love, then you're there to uplift her spiritually, emotionally, physically, then you're acting in the role of doula. Mm. So I've always been that to my people, my community, my friends who've been birthing, but I've never actually had the title. I didn't even actually know what it was when I was doing it. But then I went to nursing school, got my bachelor's degree in nursing. And in nursing school, to the people who've been and the people who don't know, every semester you um, dive into a different aspect of nursing. Okay. So you may have the geriatrics and then you do the... uh, the psychiatric, and then you do the mother baby, and then you do the surgical side. Mm. So the mother baby is when I really got in tune or had the experiences that made me say, you know what, this is where I want to put a little more of my focus and energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lived all across the United States, but now living in Atlanta and being put in a hospital on the south side of Atlanta, I got to really see what our people needed. Mm. And that's where it was like, you know what, seeing a 20-year-old sisters birthing by themselves um no no mom around no dad no baby daddy and just me there as the male nurse stepping up as the brother the advocate the the healer and it was like you know what i need to figure out how i can go back to my community and fix this and that's where the doula thing came from after many challenges and many obstacles that's where i found my niche i should say i think that what you're doing is definitely a service to the community when we look at recent studies that tell us that those who are birthed by black doctors have a lower uh, mortality rate Mm -hmm. than those that are with white doctors. So it's something about the black healing hand that does something for us, that makes us able to survive. And we uh, we, we know a lot about medical apartheid. So I I think it's very important that you do what you do. When people see you and you're advocating for them or you're speaking to them and wanting to become their advocate, do you get any pushback as a male? All right. Before I touch on that, I want to go back to what you just said about the healing hand, about how we have um, higher success rates when we actually are a part of the birthing birthing process. We got to think where um, the study of birth that in America came from, or if you Google um, the father of gynecology, mm. um, I think his name is Marion J. Sims. Gynecology actually started, or the study of it started during slavery, mm-hmm. where this white man was practicing on our ancestors, 
had him tied up in the back of his house. And when he would wake up in the middle of the night through these um, visions he had, he would go manipulate and uh, cut on our mothers and grandmothers. So, of course, the way they see it, every time they're involved with us, it's either a, a study or a science behind it. It's not a healing or a love behind it. And mind you, they did this with no anesthesia. No anesthesia, no. Nah. This was just our ancestors tied up in his backyard. And when he felt like in the middle of the night when he had an epiphany, he would wake up and go do what he dreamed of. And mm. it was just random, just like that. Wow. So, yeah. So, no. Nah, and, and that study and the, 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 the and not going to say, of course, I'm a nurse as well. So, I, I'm not ever uh, discrediting the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people in the healthcare system are still the um, lineage of those same people who created the science to, to wipe us out. They have the same mindset. So just as we being killed in the street and the judges are killing us in the in the chambers, there's nurses and doctors killing us in the hospital. So that's why when I come to a family, going back to what you what you asked me about um, being a male, my job is to be a protector. Mm. So I, I got into this field. It's like, if I'm on the front line, like you said, we was on the front line when we was younger. Mm-hmm. We was fighting in different ways. But now it's like, how can I combat the enemy knowing that the enemy is a little more advanced than I knew back then? Absolutely. So it's like now that I have the power to insert myself somewhere else and I have the knowledge to do that, it's like, look, I know that now we're being disseminated and discriminated against in the streets, but now our mothers and our sisters are really being violated in these hospitals. Like you said, they dying at higher rates. So for me now, the hospital in the streets in the birthing center is my front line. Wow. So I'm advocating for my brothers. And when I come to these spaces, it's literally as an advocate for not only their significant other, but mm-hmm. for our communities. Mm-hmm. Because we got to realize a lot of times we, we as people, we selfish. And we think when we birth the child that the child is ours. But the child is the community's. Because this child is going to go into the community, be products of the community, be raised by the community. Absolutely. So that's why I come and I bring that approach. Like, look, together we can change this if we look at it at a different perspective. We're armed with the knowledge and we're here to advocate and stick up for each other. So when I come uplifting my brothers, arming them with knowledge, and it's just received in a different manner. Now, you spoke about being the protector of the black woman and the child when it's birthed. The community belongs to the community, and the community got to protect them, right? That is something that needs to radiate with everybody in this day and time. Because a lot of times, you know, on social media, you got individuals that says, you know, um, the black woman is the most disrespected. You know, where's the black man? They're not protecting the black woman. So what you're doing, brother, is definitely a service, and um, I commend you for that. Now, which leads me to my next question, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you was advocating for a sister and it was someone from um, the other side that was probably running interference that could have been detrimental to our health and you had to step in and say, nope, we're not doing that. This is how it should be done and had your voice heard? And I'm not going to say detrimental, yeah. To anyone's health, but I will say even Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little extreme. No, 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 it's all it's all good. I just don't yeah. wanna um put negative light where it don't need to be shed, even Absolutely. though light always need to be shed, especially with our healthcare system. Absolutely. But I can say 
um, a lot of times the hospitals don't use evidence-based practice. What do you mean by that for the uh, uninitiated? Uh, uninitiated. So evidence-based practice is basically knowing that um, through evidence, we know it's better for a mother to be uh, or a child to be birth squatting rather than laying down. Okay. But it's more convenient for the hospital to have you laying in this bed and whoop-de-whoop-whoop-de-whoop. Mm-hmm. So evidence-based practice is what we should go by as melanated people. But the hospitals in a lot of times go by their medical knowledge and it's not always evidence-based, even though that's what they're trying to go towards now. Okay. So, um, Dave, what was we at? We said- um, no, no, I was asking you to um, highlight uh, a situation that okay. you may have yeah. been involved in where you had to advocate on behalf. So, okay. it wasn't, um, like I was saying, so- Evidence-based practice tell us what we should do when it comes to especially our people. Like my actual experience was the nurse, I'm a student. The nurse is an African-American, middle-aged, black female. Um, the midwife who actually oversees the actual birth mm-hmm. is a older white lady who's probably done seen a million births. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we have a 20-year-old, 21-year-old who's scheduled for a C-section on Friday. Wednesday, she comes in, and she's already having a baby. Mm. Like, she come in, and the baby's almost out. Mm. So, no cesarean, but she tells during her EMT ride that she had a weed brownie a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, the girl is in pain, and she's wanting medicine and wanting different procedures, but the midwife, who's the old white lady, is saying, no, I'm not giving her anything. And myself and the black nurse who's looking at this sister as our niece, our cousin, our sister. And seeing her in pain. Seeing her in pain. We're like, no, she needs something. And the midwife just sitting in a chair. And granted, and no granted, birth is a natural experience. Absolutely. And a lot of times the fear comes from not knowing. Mm-hmm. When you are educated and you have somebody, and that's why this was one of my most powerful births. And that's why I say it wasn't detrimental to her health, but even down to when the baby was born, the white midwife was like, all right, just cut the cord and hand me the baby so we could do our vitals. And I'm like, no, let's wait a minute just so we could delay the cord clamping so the baby could get more of what she needed from that cord. Mm. Or uh, soon as she wants to cut the cord, she wants to take the baby and put it on an examining table. And I'm like, no, let the mom hold the baby first. Let her get that one-on-one connection. That baby just transitioned into this new environment. Mm. So just ways of advocating like that and simple things like that can change the trajectory of how that baby is going. Because now when that baby first came into this world, the first thing it felt was love, not a cold space. You see what I'm saying? So knowing that birth is spiritual and is deeper than just coming out of a canal, then you're able to advocate to enrich that experience for somebody that looks like us. So that's what I try to do down to the simple things and not necessarily health, but holistically changing it that baby's life or that family's experience. Let me ask you something. The reason why she didn't want to give her no medication or anything to relieve her pain when she was going through birth is because of the uh, uh, indulgence of of marijuana? No, no, because she was in control. Oh, so it had nothing to do with her taking a brownie? I mean, it probably could have been her wanting to say that this girl could be taking all types of drugs. And if I give her something else, it could trigger something and reduce labor or mm-hmm. something. So it could possibly if, but I yeah. think it was just her saying, you know what? I can tell that this is a young girl 
She probably gonna have a baby natural. I just want her to go through this pain because I can and I'm a white lady and I'm in position of power. Wow. Racism that's what I, and white supremacy family. That's what I felt. Yeah. And that's why I had to, seeing that, I'm still a student. Mm -hmm. This was actually the first birth that I was actually a part of. I don't have kids. Yeah. So I've been there for my friends during pregnancy and postpartum, but actually at the birth, nah. So this is my first experience. So I had to go into, yo, this is my sister. Yeah. This is not necessarily my spouse, but I'm taking care of her like she's my spouse. I'm advocating for her. I'm Absolutely. going to get the rags and wiping. Like I told the story, I wiped the girl's forehead, her eyebrows off because I didn't know they was fake when I'm wiping her <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah. I'm holding her hand. I'm giving her affirmations. Yeah. I'm asking who's important to her because she's literally in there by herself. Yeah. But that's when I knew all the roles that I had to play and I had to teach my brothers to play. Yeah. So this first experience was a lot, but it was, it was helpful in my journey. Wow. And after that, I probably had about six more births in nursing school alone. Mm. But doulas... And I'm talking a lot about being a part of the birth experience and actually helping in birth, but doulas don't actually help with the birth. Yeah, I learned that from your uh, presentation. Okay, okay. A lot of people yeah. be like, yo, so if I'm a doula or the doula's going to deliver the baby? No, the doula, the doula is more so the spiritual, the educational, the physical, the mental, the advocate in that aspect, the midwife or the doctor at the hospital actually delivers the baby. And don't get me wrong, some people do... Uh, free births where they actually have births at home by themselves mm -hmm. and they don't have the medical staff and things of that sort. But if they do have a doula, the doula still doesn't act in the medical capacity. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're just joining us, this is Raheem Shabazz and you are tuned in to Necessary Blackness Podcast and we're here with Morris Chef. We're here with Dulo Los. Dulo Los. And we're going to take a uh, quick Commercial break, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. I grudge them, grudge them on, you know. I threw my fight for black liberation. And him, I want true warrior. Them, I want to try to stop him. But them can't stop the man. Them can't stop Raheem Shabazz. That's why anytime me want to listen to revolutionary liberation vibes, me tune into Necessary Blackness podcast. Me not hear them like a Yaga Yaga podcast, them. I be your Necessary Blackness me rock with. Anytime me want your true warrior. Talking. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. 
Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I'm here with Morris Chef Los. And uh, we just coming back off a quick commercial break. What's going on, Los? What's up, family? I'm glad to be here, man. Chopping it up. Talking yeah. about what it is to be a doula. Talking about what it is for black men to stand up and be in the rightful place in our communities, man. Absolutely, man. Yo, our commercial break, man, we almost didn't come back, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, come on, man. For real, man. <laughs> we was talking some real heavy, heavy. You know what I mean? But we gonna we yo, this is his first time, but it's not gonna be his last time. Cause like I said, man, the brother's multi-talented. And what we were talking about earlier, I think it would be a service to the community. But, you know, we gotta figure out a way where we can implement that in the community because we only want serious minded individuals. You know what I mean? We don't want brothers that ain't really serious about this liberation of helping your people, but most importantly, helping yourself. Because you got to save yourself before you save anybody else. And saying that, right? I was about to say, you just segued into uh, what we what we was about to talk about, preconception health. Yes, let's get into that. Well, yeah, because when, when, you, when you save yourself, you save the seed. Mm. And, and I say that because not only am I in the medical field, um, a trendsetter, but I'm also a trendsetter in my community. I stopped eating meat when I was 14. Wow. So that's 25 years ago. I told my mom the government was poisoning us through food, and I started growing food. Wherever I lived, I grew food. Wherever we were in the hood, I grew food. Mm. And I know that the best plants come from the greatest seeds. So if you got a damaged seed, most of the time I'm not going to plant that seed because I'm, I'm already living in an area where we don't get a lot of sun. That's right. I'm already living in the area where I'm sneaking growing food because the landlord don't want us growing plants. So I got to make sure I have the best seed because my conditions or my environment's not the best. Mm. So it's the same thing when we talk about birth or conception. Absolutely. And what we don't realize as men is we contribute to that seed as well. A lot of times we're like, yo, I don't want my girl on drugs because, yo, she about to carry my baby. But nigga, you on drugs. (laughs) And you contribute to that seed. So with preconception health, it's like, yo, if you hold and you actually on the right path before you even thinking about getting that significant other pregnant, yeah. then y'all have a better chance. If y'all got y'all finances in order, if y'all got y'all mental states in order, if y'all actually affirming each other, uplifting each other and planning for this. A lot of times in our community, it's sad, but we're accidents. The birth is an accident. And it's like, no, we got to change that. We got to educate our youth to know you're going to have a baby. At some time. At some point in time, you're going to have a baby. So we're not, why do we wait until you get pregnant to start doing the things that you know you're going to have a baby for? So preconception health is basically making sure we're whole and we're one. So that way, when we try to create a seed with somebody else, we're not half of ourselves and they're a shell of themselves trying to create a full seed. So that's basically when you say we got to be whole or be stand up and be who we are, be whole. 
Same thing with the seed and preconception health. So my next question is, what is the difference between a birth and a postpartum doula? Okay, look, it just, it's, it's, floor, it's floor right in order. Um, so, of course, you got the preconception period, which is before the conception or before the act, before the birth. And then it's actually different stages of being a doula. You got the birth doula. You got the fertility doula. You got the labor doula. You got the postpartum doula. Uh, you may have the death and bereavement doula. Let, let me stop there. Which one are you? Are you all six? <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a way, yes. Because like I it's said- It's levels to it. It's levels to it. And for me, right, right now, not only am I taking more doula classes, I'm studying under a traditional midwife. Mm. Not, under, not only am I studying under a traditional midwife, I actually got my bachelor's degree of nursing. Mm. So in different schools, you learn different- Things it's almost like a Venn diagram. If if y'all know what that is, no, nah, I don't know what it is. All right, so it's basically like a bar graph, but okay. in a circle form where it basically uh, tells you how different things equate or um, come together. Okay. So you may have five different circles, and it may be like this is eighty percent this, and this is eighty percent that. But somewhere together, these circles overlap. And 20% of 20% may make a certain percentage. Oh, okay. So different gotcha. things overlap to make up different things, and that's what, what it is. But um, so, yeah, you get different knowledge from different places, and you bring it back to make up a whole. So right now, I'm studying or actively doing the birth doula and the postpartum doula part. So I have my first labor client coming up here. She's uh, due to be birth. Uh, her baby's due to be born February 13th, which is funny. My first labor client is due to be born on my mother's birthday. Oh, wow. So, like, so many things feel like it's a deeper connection. Divine timing. Divine timing. But, yes, I've been helping with um, the actual pregnancy and the postpartum for about three years now. And the good thing is I get to incorporate everything I've already do. Mm-hmm. So, I am being who I am and created a, a business out of it. So most people as the Moore Chef know me as taking the food that resonates with our culture but putting a healthy twist on it. Okay. So I bring that to my pregnancy clients. I teach them and their significant others ways that they can introduce foods that will help throughout the pregnancy to help the baby get what they need, to help the mother recover after the pregnancy. Um, so I just take things that I've learned in different ways and try to bring it to the family to arm them with tools to help them facilitate a better pregnancy and a healthier pregnancy. All right. My, my, my um, final question, well, it might not be the final, but in closing, right, have there ever been a situation with you where uh, the birth wasn't successful and, and the child transitioned? No, I have uh, not. Okay. If a situation like that arises, is there a doula for that, like a certain type of doula that handles that? Because I know that got to be traumatic to deal with. Okay, yes and no, because you just explained two different situations. And I will speak on the importance of a doula after I answer your question. All right. So you speak on a baby transitioning during birth, yeah. right? So if it happens during birth, that means they're not prepared for that. So they would probably have a regular doula there mm-hmm. or a regular midwife. And then some complication may have happened. Yeah. But after the that experience, you get transitioned to a bereavement doula. A who, bereavement doula, that's yes. what it's called. Okay, so there is someone that there is someone. Okay. But the and a lot of times the labor doula may not be 
um, knowledgeable in that aspect. So they'll refer you to somebody who they know in the community who does that. Okay. Just like if I get a, I don't, I don't take white clients. Okay. I will not, my spirit, my soul, my reason for being here is not to do anything with white people. Okay. Not saying when I'm in my medical role, I don't do that. But in my private practice, yeah, I'm not here for that. I'm here for my people. So if somebody, Makes appro- sense. Yeah, if somebody approaches me, then I got to send them somewhere else. Yeah. And it's the same way with death and bereavement. There's even sex doulas. Like, you got to explain that. How that works? There's someone who comes in who teaches you intimacy before the actual baby to make sure the baby's born in the right love and the right environment. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Like, it is... Okay. It's, because the, the, they say that um, if you're having sex, you know, with your woman leading up to the birth, sometimes it's more easier for her to have the baby and things like that, right? Down to the words that us men speak to our women changes the vibration of her womb. That's why you're supposed to speak life to her womb before you even think about putting a baby in her womb. Mm. It steps to it. This is a spiritual experience. This is a divine experience. This is something that our ancestors cherished. And now through this culture, we've just happened. We get pregnant. We go to the hospital. We birth our baby. We come home. We get back to life. Nah, that's nah, that's no way we as our people should handle what we do. You should be reading to the baby while it's in the womb. A lot of different things you could be doing. Man, even now, I mean, I don't talk about it much, but my girl and I, we are in our preconception journey. So when I leave the house, I, I I reaffirm her and I speak affirmation of life into her womb. I hold her womb. I get down. I talk to her. I talk to her belly. I tell her my intentions before I actually do anything. So that way it's prepared for what's coming. And these are vibrations that we need to do on a, yo, men have such a powerful role or place in our, if we say we the leaders that we say we are, it starts with us actually sticking up for our women in the most vulnerable positions in the most vulnerable times. And one of those times is birth. Absolutely. So how can we call ourselves the leader, but then leave her when she's in this situation? So I advocate for my brothers to come learn, come step up, come help me on the front line, and come show the not only the system, but show our sisters that we united for them. Now, you want brothers to come, stand up, get on the front line, and assist, right? How can they get in contact with you for those that are trying to learn the uh, trade of being a male doula, or they want to, you know, uh, get one of your uh, cuisine, uh, uh, vegan cuisine dishes. And what's funny is I actually just dropped a new ebook too. Um, it's called Beats Baby. Um, it is B E E T. Beats like the actual fruit. Beats yeah. Baby. Yeah, that's the name of it. Um, and and it's actually on Dulo Los. D O U L O Los dot com. And it's uh, Beats. It's a simple way for, it's actually um, called Beats Baby. And the subtitle is Seven Ways That Beats Can Assist a Pregnant Mother Not Feeling Beat Down During Pregnancy. Mm. So Beats, you get them for $1.79, $1.99 at the Whole Foods Market or at the Farmer's Market, at mm. the local store. You juice them. And what it does is, even for the men, it helps with your circulation, your libido, things of that sort. And, and it's good for... Uh, if you have high blood pressure. High blood or pressure. if you don't have high blood pressure, to keep your pressure balanced. I've never eaten a beet in my life. I can never think about eating a beet just because I don't think the beets are good. Mm-hmm. But I drink beets. juice beet, it. I juice it and I make yeah. the best pink lemonade. Okay. People drink my pink lemonade and don't know it's made from beets. Wow. But back to the women, the, fem- the women, 
it has um, natural folate. So you know how they're supposed to take prenatal and uh, folic acid? Yeah. Beets help with that. It helps with neural tube, uh, preventing neural tube defect. Mm. It helps with um, building the baby's brain up. It helps with uh, metabolism, uh, preeclampsia. Like I said, high blood pressure. So something simple. So I create different ways or try to teach our people different ways. They can use simple things in our community to help um, basically prevent a lot of things that they're trying to give us medical form or chemical forms of. And you can just use the natural Natural forms. It's cheaper, it's more beneficial, and yeah, it goes longer. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure y'all go to Do Low. Do Low Low is where you get my ebook. And Morris Chef, like you've been calling me all day, M-O-O-R-I-S-H-C-H-E-F is where I'm at on social media. Every social media is at Morris Chef? At Morris Chef. Um, I'm working on a YouTube channel right now, but Instagram, that's where I'm more active at. Instagram is where I engage more. I'm getting more verbal, more active. I've been in school a long time, man. So the last five years, I've just been studying. So I'm out here now. All right, man. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you come by, man. Anytime that we get someone from the community that can come and can impart knowledge to us, it's always a blessing. And brother, I definitely got to have you back on here. So in closing, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you or one last thing you want to plug? Nah, and what's funny is I could plug myself, but I'd rather plug ways that we could help our sisters. Let's do it. So um, the the one thing I would tell our brothers is make sure we paying attention during postpartum period. Mm. So if we have a baby with our significant other, after she has the baby, it's a period of, uh, it could be anywhere from three days to 30 days mm-hmm. where we need to make sure we sticking up and advocating and reading her and communicating and connecting with her. Because okay. that's a part of the birth period too. And a lot of times we think uh, we heard of postpartum depression and we think that all women are experiencing depression because they had a baby. Postpartum is a period, not a a mind frame. They only go into the depression when a lot of times they don't have the social support or economic support. So we can stand up as brothers. We can help um, the depression aspect afterwards. Um, And if we there for them, they might not even go into depression. They might not even go there if we know how to advocate, communicate, uplift, speak life into, let them know we love them, appreciate them. They just did a powerful thing for us. Talk that talk, brother. That's what's Uh up. The other thing is um, breast milk. A lot of times, brothers, we don't understand how important the breast milk is. So when, the, when our sisters say they don't want to do it, we just be like, okay, baby, what else can we do? Instead of figuring out why she don't want to do it. Breast milk is one of the most powerful things that our baby could have. Like uh, what Jay-Z said, he said, my wife in the, in the room feed my baby liquid gold. Mm. Colostrum, that's the first thing that the, the mother produces once the baby's born. And it gives the baby all the vaccines, the natural vaccinations that the mother needs. I, I, I need you to stop right there. All right, go ahead. Say that one more time for the ones in the back that can't hear us. All right, so the ones who didn't hear me who know who Jay-Z and Beyonce is, you know the song, I think it was, I forget which song it was, yeah. but Jay-Z was talking about how his wife was in the back room feeding his baby's liquid gold. A lot of people don't, wasn't hip to what that is, that's colostrum. That's when the baby's first born, that's what the mother produces before she makes the breast milk. And what that does is that gives the baby the natural immunities and the boost and the protections that they need. But a lot of times if the mother skips giving the baby breast milk, they give forget to give the baby the essential vitamins and nutrients they need or the vaccinations they need to protect them throughout their life. Okay. So that's why they have a lot of ailments and morbidity. It's because they're not getting the natural ailments that us brothers could be encouraging our, 
our significant others to do. So we need to be there advocating for them, finding out ways to uh, massage the breasts or put cabbage leaves on them to reduce the swelling or things of that sort. Putting creams on the nipples because they're going to crack or they're going to hurt. So if we sitting there doing these things, then it would help the process and let the significant other know we support them. Um, so, yeah, those two things are the main thing other than uh, speak life into our women, man. That's right, man. We got to speak life into our women because we know that no nation rise above its woman. Yeah. No nation. As far as the women rises, we rise. So we got to stand up on the front line, let them know that the birth is, is divine, and let them know we're there to support them throughout it. Not only throughout the birth, but throughout the, the progression of the child's life, man. Like I said, the child is for the community. That's right, man. We're going to end on that note, man. The child is for the community. And we as a people, we look at the word community, it's common unity. We got to have common unity with one another because we are the holders and keepers of ourselves and predicament. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and that's for us in a conclusion of Necessary Blackness Podcast. See you next week. Might not be the same time, and we might not be the same place, but it'll be sometime next week. Peace. Appreciate you.